Amen. First John chapter number three. Page twelve, thirteen twenty-three. Thirteen twenty-three. Two verses, verses nine and ten. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Chapter 3, verse 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Here's the text verse. In this, the children of God are manifest. And the children of the devil. Whosoever doth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Thought tonight is whose child are you? Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Amen. Brother Brother Dwayne Reese, how about you praying, buddy? Oh, yes. Amen. Many years ago in the foothills of eastern Tennessee, Ben was born. In those days, when a boy or girl was born to an unwed mother, they weren't treated very good. Matter of fact, they were treated terribly. Parents would let their children play with little Ben and He'd accompany his mom to the store only to hear people whisper and talk just loud enough for him to hear, I wonder who his father is. By the first grade, Ben sat at his desk during recess and lunch and no one would play with him. But when Ben was 12, the church got a brand new pastor. And it was the talk of the community and so one Sunday, Ben decided, I'm going to go here and learn about who this dude is. And so he goes for the first time in his life to church. And as he gets there, almost immediately he begins to be enthralled with the message that the preacher preached. And for the first time, he began to have hope. And one day while he was there, he simply bowed his head and asked Christ to come his heart and save him. But he was too scared to go up towards the front. The service was over and the crowd had blocked the aisle to where Ben couldn't get out as he had done for many, many weeks. And about that time he felt a hand on his shoulder and turned around just to see the preacher looking straight at him and saying, Whose child are you? Whose boy are you? Why, he said, I see the family resemblance. You're a child of God. That's who your father is. And he swore him on the behind and said, That's quite an inheritance you've got there, boy. Go now and see to it that you live up to it. Amen. In this, the children 
of God are manifest. The word manifest there means to appear. And the children of the devil. Whosoever doth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. First John 3 is giving us a, a contrast and he really, he really puts it, I mean, pretty well out there. You're either a child of God or you're the child of the devil. He really doesn't put any wiggle room there, does he? Doesn't put any kind of um, space for an exception. Either you're a child of God or you're a child of the devil. I mean, it's, it's about that clear, is it not? We find 1 John chapters 1 and 2, he dealt with and emphasized fellowship. But when he gets to chapter 3 and verse, through chapter number 5, the emphasis is on sonship. But there is a phrase that's mentioned all through this book. 1 John 2, 29. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is, notice, born of him. 1 John 3, 9. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. 1 John 5, 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Now let me just stop here and throw this out so we don't get confused. In verse number 6, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Verse number 9, he said, Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. The verb here in, and, uh, is this. The ideal of the word sin, there is habitual, constant. Um, there's no contradictions in the Bible. And it's very clear that Christians cannot live sinless. Now I'll tell you this much, we ought to sin less. But we can't live, we, we don't live in a, in a world of not sin. But what he's talking about here is this. He's sin, and, and you say, well preacher, is that, is that true? Abraham lied about his wife in Genesis 12. Moses got mad, disobeyed God, Numbers 20. Peter denied the Lord three times in Matthew 26, all through the Bible. But here's what he's talking about. He said the unsaved, and this includes those that profess to be a Christian, but are counterfeits, live a life of habitual sin. A true believer may commit sin, a wrong act, but a true believer cannot continually practice sin. The Bible says God chastises those that He loves, and if you're without chastisement, you're a bastard and not a son. In other words, He's very dogmatic about the matter and says, if I don't whip the devil's youngins, amen. And he doesn't. But as we look into this thing, whose child are you? I see 
God the Father getting involved in this question. God the Son gets involved in this question. And God the Holy Ghost gets involved in this question. In verses 1 through 3, we find God the Father gets involved. Listen to what he said. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. So we see God the Father, first of all, loves us. Amen. Is it not one that John three sixteen? I I, I could have picked a better song and, and, and an amazing grace, a better song because God loves us. Amen. For God so loved the world, you put your name there. Praise God. Can I say this? We all get excited about God loving us because most of us are unlovable. But He loves us anyhow, and so we find now. In John 3, 1, he says this. He tells us what we are, sons of God. In John 3, 2, he says what we shall be. I love this. Beloved, now you are sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when we shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And in verse number 3, he tells us what we should be. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even it is pure. And we looked at that last week. So, first of all, God the Father loves us. But notice beginning verse number 8. Number 4, I mean. God the Son died for us. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. Now, I'll get back there so you keep your place right there. And you know that he was manifested. The word manifested means to appear. Manifested to take away our sins and in him is no sin. Praise God. Jesus was and it was a sinless, a sinless sacrifice. Amen. And whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. I, I read one writer today, and I thought it was kind of interesting that John was probably very old at this time. And, and, and he pictured him being carried out and them listening. And even though older men, he said, now little children... They have become his children. Little children, let no man deceive you that he that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, appeared, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So, he moves now from a future appearance, what we shall be, to a past appearance of what Christ did for us. So first of all, Christ appeared to take away our sins. Now, there's a whole bunch of definitions in the Bible for sin. But this is one that we rarely, we rarely ever talk about. And uh, one of the reasons that we don't talk about it 
is because we don't live under the law. We live under grace. Hallelujah. If you don't, if you get this tonight, if this would help some of you, if you got a hold of it. There's no greater time in the history of our world to live than it is right now under the dispensation of grace. No greater. You say, why? Because all we've got to do is trust and believe Jesus Christ to be saved. We don't keep a law. But in that day, they understood this so much more. But the sin he's talking about here and is still committed is lawlessness. Whosoever commits sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Now, it means this. Transgression means wickedness, iniquity, unrighteousness, evil doings. Now, let me give you a, a practical definition of this. Here's this. Unbelievers, those are lost, don't obey God. They live and do as they wish. Not as God says. They reject God and just do their own thing. They rebel against all of God's commandments. They live lawlessly and unrighteous. What is lawlessness? It is taking license. Let me illustrate this way. I have a license with one of the ugliest pictures you've ever seen in your life. Prison photo. I have a license that gives me the right to drive on the highway. If I don't have a license but take it anyway, that's lawlessness. Take it on the highway and I don't have a license but I drive anyhow, I've just committed lawlessness. I'm taking license that I don't have. Now here's what he's saying. He's saying to this. He's saying those, don't you listen, y'all listen to this. He's substituting his will for the will of God. He is substituting the will of self in the place of the will of God. That is lawlessness. It's looking to self for the answers. It's looking to self for the solutions. It's looking to self for the answers of life. That's lawlessness. In other words, I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care what God wants to do. That's lawlessness. And the Bible says, don't miss this. The Bible says Jesus came to take that away. Christ appeared to take away our sins. And he's saying this sin here of lawlessness was a sin in that particular day. Here's what he's just saying, Matthew 7, 23. Then when I professed unto you, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. The word iniquity is this, is permission... I give myself to sin. I've already decided this is right. I don't care what God says. I don't care what the Word of God says. I don't care what the preacher says. I'm going to do my own thing. That's iniquity. You've done giving yourself permission to do that. He says, 
1 John 2, 3. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. So we find here, now we don't live under law, you say, but praise God, you say, but preacher, we don't live under law. So does that apply to us? Yes. Here's why. We live under grace. Hallelujah. But the Bible says Jesus come to fulfill the law, not to take it away. What the law is, is a schoolmaster for us. It's a teacher. It teaches us that which is right, which is wrong, which is sin, which is not sin. And nowhere in the Bible does God ever say because we're under grace, we have the right to sin. There was some, there was some uh, false teachers coming into this, to this church. And here's what they were teaching. They were teaching this. Because you're saved, you can sin since you're going to go to heaven anyway. Now, I mean, and the world believes that. This is the argument of eternal security is this. Well, you know, that's what you're saying is you can be saved you, once you trust Jesus and you're saved. You can do what you want to. No, 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 no. They misunderstand it. You can't. No. No. Technically, you probably could. But God wants you can't. Because if you're really saved, God's going to change some things in your life. Amen? You remember when you were lost? You enjoyed the things of the world. You enjoyed the pleasures of the world. You enjoyed the, 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 the wacky weed and the drinking and all the, and, and all the stuff that went with it. But when God graciously saved you by the, by the grace of God, there's some things that had to change. And if you can continue doing those and you can continue to do those, I'm telling you, you're, you're deceived. You're not a child of God, you're a child of the devil. Now that's what the Bible says. So we find here that Christ appeared to take away our sins. That's what Philippians 3 said. For many walk of whom I've told you often, now I tell you even weeping, that they are not, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame. Listen, who mind earthly things. What do you mind tonight? What do you give your thought to? What takes your time? What do you give your thought to? If Jesus was to come, you'd say, Oh my gosh, whatever God, Lord, I, I didn't get this. I got, God. Would you be so, are we so attached to this world that I, I don't want to boo you out, please don't. And I, I know our world's a mess. And a lot of people talk to me about it, and I, and I understand. And it is. It's crazy. It's crazy. And a lot of people talk to me about it. Uh, I met a man the other day, and he, he's, he's absolutely in a tizzy. I mean, just all the pieces over this marriage thing. And, and, and I can just tell he's getting frustrated with me. And, and almost to the point of saying, Why are you frustrated? And I didn't want to hurt his feelings, and I would not, but, but I thought, 
man, I'm going home maybe tomorrow. And I'm going to let the world have this mess. It's not my world. That mess ain't going to be going where I'm going. <laughs> it's not going to be there. And I thought, man, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm... And you said, well, did you vote? Yeah, I voted. Here's why I voted. You think you'll change something? No, but here's why I voted. I want God to know whose side I'm on. Amen. Amen. And so, but I'm just simply saying, we're so caught up in this world, and God, we're so hung up on a dollar bill that we're missing the fact we're children of God if you're saved. And Jesus came and died to take your sins away. You don't have to go to hell tonight because he come and take your, took your sins away. Amen? Number, number two, Christ not only appeared, but notice, he abides to keep us from sin. That's what he said. The Bible says, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth not and not seen him, neither known him. Again, he's not the word sinneth has the idea of not sinless perfection, but he's saying habitually sin. Here's what he's, here's what I'm trying to say. If you can get drunk, you can smoke dope, you can sleep right, you can steal and you can lie and you can do it continually, 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 wake up! You're lost. Because there's nothing on the inside. Nothing on the inside. I'm telling you, that ain't right. How many of you, how many of you did something? And you just walked away and you said, man, Holy Ghost of God said, you know, I'm just so proud of you, the way you acted. And you know, you just blowed it. You know, you just didn't, didn't, didn't handle that. You know, God, I do that so much. It's, it's scary sometimes. Or the Holy Ghost to God nudge your heart. I took Michael to the doctor the other day, and a man came out, and I love this, and they said, I noticed a sign on the front of you, on the front of your car. And just to me, the Holy Ghost God said, won't you just talk to her about Jesus? I got to track out what a privilege, what an honor that was. Can I say this? Look up here now. Look. I don't always do that. Sometimes it's old stinking flesh. I just don't do that. And I want to do that. I want to be faithful when He speaks to my heart to do but you know sometimes, but here's what I want you to understand. And I praise God for this. He abides to keep me from sinning habitually over and over and over. God's going to deal with you somewhere. He's going to corner you. And He's going to say, you're not going to do that no more. Now, He might wind up in a jail cell somewhere. But you won't do that no more. Because He abides in us. And I praise God for that. Word abide means, and it has the idea of He's abiding to have fellowship with Him and allow nothing to come between Him and us. I've said this, and it's a great analogy. When something ain't right at your house between you and Him or Him and her, when nobody has to call you and tell you, something ain't right. (laughs) Same way with the Holy Ghost of God that lives on the inside of us. He abides. He abides to help us uh, that, that we could not deliberately or habitually. I, I'm convinced of this. If you're saved, 
And I'm doing this more than I've ever done. I'm going to our young people and I'm, I'm asking them. I'm asking them. I've already done it three times. I'm going to keep on doing it because God's put in my heart. I'm asking them, would you pray and ask God what He'd have you to do with your life? I want them to start asking God. And if they're saved, guess what? He will. Now, if they're not saved, are you listening? If they're not saved, they need to be saved. I love them. I don't want them to die and go to hell, do you? So he abides. Not only that, but then notice Christ's argument to the deception of sin. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Now here's what he's simply saying is this. He's saying, now you know, you're not saved by your works, but if you are saved, your works will produce righteousness. It will be, if you're saved, your love style, what you do will display that. That's what he's saying. Now John, the book of John he tells you how to be saved. Very, very, you must be born again. But First John, he's telling you how to have assurance of that. How to be assured. Confidence. Confidence. That's the reason we tell it. Confidence under construction. How to have confidence is to know that you're saved. If you don't know you're saved, you're never going to... If the devil gets you a doubt, and he'll, he'll have you doubting all your life. He that... Little children, no man to see. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. Even as he is righteous. But notice, he that committeth... That again, that word committeth has the ideal of habitual, consistent, over... And over and over. Mom and Daddy, I'm not, I'm not here to hurt your feelings at all. But, if, but what your children or my children, or your family or my... It makes no difference if someone can continually, continually, continually sin. You start, better start praying, God saved them. Oh, they told me they were saved. Yeah. But if they're saved, God's not going to let them continually do that. Somewhere he's going to stop that. And so we find, and, uh, and he said, He that commits sins of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. Lost people act like lost people. Years ago, and this is even before I took the church, I heard a man make this statement. Why do we get upset when lost people Act like lost people. And don't miss this. He went on to say, lost people can never act like Christian people for a real long time if God's in the middle of what you're doing. He'll convict. It'll show up. Now they may move out. They may jump ship on you. They may flee. But at the end of the day, if they're lost, the Bible says they can't sit in the congregation of the, of the righteous. 
For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. He might destroy the works of the devil. He, he came to destroy, to, to save us from sin, but Satan came come to destroy the works of the devil. He said, little children, don't let nobody deceive you. Close of World War II, Japanese troops were discovered hidden in caves and jungles in the Pacific Islands, and some were living frightened, and they didn't know, didn't know the war was over. But once they understood that the war was over, and they didn't no longer have to fight, praise God, that they were thrilled. May I say this? Christians can rest in the truth that Satan is a defeated enemy. Hallelujah. He is a defeated enemy. And don't miss this. He can... He can trouble us. He can try to persecute us. But can I say this? He has no more place. Satan has no more place in our lives than that which you and I give him. Neither give place to the devil. Let me, let me give you two, two places he gets it quickly. Everybody, you need to listen. If you'll get this, this will help you. This will be worth your... Ten trips here. Devil gets God's people in two ways, only two. Number one, in our conversation, in our talk. I, our newsletter that will be coming out Sunday, I, I found an article. It was written by a woman, so fellas, don't get all unnerved. It's a great article. And it says, How to, Five Ways to Live a Gossip-Free Life. It's great. Put in the newsletter. Our conversation... Our talk. What we give a talk to. Second, and boy, he's, he's a master at this. When he isolates you, he gets you isolated, he'll wire you out. When he gets you isolated by yourself, when he gets you in a place where you're by yourself, and that's the reason why those that, when he gets, when he gets them isolated, he's like a wolf. When a wolf gets a, a, an animal isolated, then that pack attacks, and he ain't got a chance. We'll get you isolated. That's extra. Won't cost you a thing. Amen? So we find here. So he says, do this. God the Father loves us. God the Son died for us. But in verses 9 and 10, God the Holy Spirit lives in us. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him. He cannot sin because he is born of God. Here's what he's saying. He's, he can't just keep doing that. can't habitually, 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 habitually sin. Somewhere, somewhere, years ago, a, a man came up to me and I preached a message much like this. And he said, well, Pastor, he said, i just tell you, I just quit serving God and going to church for 20 years. Nothing happened to me. I said, well, I'm glad. The man died at about 51 years of age. And I, and to this day, now I don't know that this happened. I'm just, I just wondered. I'm just wondering if God didn't say, yeah, but you don't know I'm just going to cut that 20 years off the end of your life. I don't know he shouldn't have lived to 71. And you say, now, you're just speculating. I know it's speculation, but I like speculating like that. 
But I tell you this much, Holy Ghost of God lives in you and you're not where you need to be and you're not right with Him. Either you're so far from God you don't even know it and it'll take something drastic to get your attention and God does that. You, you, we, we have a tendency to, to struggle with when God does that but you don't understand God loves you so much He's not going to continue letting you go down that path. But if you're, where you're, if you're not right tonight, the Holy Ghost of God, if you're not saved, the Holy Spirit of God will slip in beside of you and say, you know, you're a child of the devil and you're going to go to hell one day. John calls this God's seed. It's a new standing called justification, new position called sanctification, and new believers called regeneration. And so tonight, I'm going to give you this story while our kids are coming back in. A Sunday school teacher was explaining the Christians' two natures, the old and the new, to a class of teenagers. Our old nature came from Adam, she explained. Our new nature came from Christ, called the last Adam. 1 Corinthians 15.45, so it is written, The first man Adam was made a living soul, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. One of the teenagers spoke up and said, That means... There's two Adams living in me. That's right, the teacher replied. And she said, what's the truth you need to know? Here's his answer. When temptation comes knocking at my door, if I send the first Adam to answer, I'll sin. But if I send the last Adam, I'll get victory. May I just say, hallelujah. Every head bowed, never eye. Let's all stand.